the Spanish announce table. All right. Hey, Tom, uh, this has been a long time since we have done this. It really hadn't been too long. I mean, we did do a frequent uh, or not a frequent, but a a recent episode not too long ago. But um, we are reopening America. So we're going to reopen the Spanish announce table, right? Hell yeah. Look, uh, there was a lot of things that went down uh, both uh, professionally and personally for both of us. And so we had to take a hiatus. Uh, we did give you some special content with some WrestleMania picks and recap, uh, some Royal Rumble recap and picks as well. Uh, but like Tim said, we are reopening uh, the Spanish announce table. And I tell you what, it is so great to look forward to recording this podcast each and every week. So I am pumped well, to be back. Well, you know, you know uh, I'd like to point out, too, that we came back because we saw the demand. We heard the demand. It's clear. Everybody's doing it. They were symbolically showing us they wanted us to come back because everybody is wearing masks. We hear you. We get it. We understand the subtlety. We're back. Wrong masks, mm-hmm. but we get it. Yep. Yeah. Hey, look, and we understand you wanted to add your own twist to it, so that's why you wore the type of mask that you are wearing. Cool. But we did understand we're all wearing masks because we missed the Spanish nouns table. So, you know, we give the masses what you want, uh, or we give the masses what they want, so we did it. Uh, but honestly speaking, though, just really candid real quick as we get back to the uh, silliness of this podcast, uh, there has been people that have hit me up personally that have said, when's the Spanish announce table coming back? Uh, really miss the Spanish announce table. I know, Tim, me and you have shared messages that we've both received from listeners that said, uh, really miss the show. That was a really fun time when you guys were doing them week in, week out. So we got a little nostalgic and uh, I'm married now, so I don't have any friends. So I might as well, you know, talk yeah, to you. you have joined. Yeah, now now you fully understand. Now you know why Yeah, now I why get it. I send you random uh messenger things at 12:30 a.m. and and Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all clicking right now. It is all clicking. Hey, I don't think we covered that last time. And last time you had gotten married, but I don't think we hit it. Tom, you had a wedding. I was there. Um, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? People dance, people laugh, people cheered. You had title belts. Uh, if we did cover this and I'm forgetting, then fuck it, we're gonna talk about it again. That was a great time, and I loved every minute of that. How is it going since? How long has it been now? Uh, it has been. Uh, we, well, what are we in now? May, so February <laughs> 29th. So hey, my 40th birthday is in 10 days, Tom. 40th really? birthday, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, congratulations. I I guess I'll have to do something special uh, for you. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I think oh. we're partly kind of, uh, as long as we stay 45 feet away from each other, I think we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. Well, that's exactly what I had planned. So that's perfect. But that's yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been... <laughs> that's how it's always been. I don't know why the government's now getting in my business, but okay. Um, no, so uh, it's been two months, and like you said, it was a great event. It feels like that was the last event we could all do. Oh, it was right uh, before that. I mean, it was a couple weeks yeah. before. I'm surprised we got it. Yeah, so I, yeah, I got married on February 29th, Leap Day. Uh, I do remember about a week after that, uh, I did get to go to a uh, – Super Bowl Kansas City Chiefs meet and greet. Uh, I met 
the best tight end in the NFL, Travis Kelsey, and the fastest mm-hmm. and most elusive you and explosive wide receiver too. type. I went to the parade the as parade, well. But that was before the they wedding. They said the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl likely have saved hundreds of thousands of lives because if the Super Bowl parade would have happened in San Francisco at that time, where the coronavirus was known mm-hmm. to have already been, that it would have spread ridiculously. So again, all you non-Chiefs fans, uh, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. We saved the world. Patrick Mahomes came back and defeated the 49ers and coronavirus. <laughs> so way to go, Pat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so no, a couple of weeks after that, I did meet Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, but then yeah, shortly after there, it was shut down. So, uh, honestly, since that event of meeting the two, uh, Super Bowl Chiefs, uh, players, uh, our marriage has just been, I work upstairs, she works on the main level. Uh, and then at night we try to get away from each other. Cause you know, during the day we see each other and I work support, uh, so I'm typically pissed off because my interactions at work is just being told that our application sucks. So I'm never in really the best mood. And so, uh, it's been, it's been, we've got probably three years of marriage in, in two months. That's what yeah. I'd say. It was, <laughs> we've got all the fights, the ups, the downs, the honeymoon's over. We're, yeah, we've got all of that going on right now. So, well, and if uh, I can't, if hey, I can't jump also, in on that, I mean, I, you know, we yeah, have felt the same here. Now we have been married for, geez, uh, we 17 years in October. Um, it, and we've been through the litany of emotions right now. It's a tough time for everybody. And if, you know, hopefully we can uh, provide a little entertainment for you folks. And if anybody is struggling uh, that does have some interactions and knows us or doesn't uh, reach out, if we can help reach out to folks around you. Um, these are tough times. It is, it is confining. Uh, it's rough. Uh, you know what I mean? You're going to go through some ups and downs and hopefully we can give you some more of the ups, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But let's get into what you, uh, happened for you over this hiatus for oh. Spanish Nouns Table. Professionally speaking, you got a uh, new degree. Talk yeah, to us so about less that. Of a degree. So I, I, I attended the University of Kansas, which is a bit of a shocker for anybody who's known us a long time. Uh, and I mm-hmm. got certified from them as a six-month boot camp program that was, I God, I probably spent 30-plus hours a week on it. Um, oh, man, you were busy. Yeah, it was rough. Um, but it was all for data analytics and data visualization. So I've got all kinds of skills now with all sorts of, you know, coding languages, your JavaScripts, Python, SQL, uh, some fun things. And then, uh, you know, just being able to take big data, which we all know is a thing now, right? We've all got big data. Everybody collects oh, yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the layman doesn't know what the hell to do with that or how to read it or understand it. So they need somebody who can run queries against it, pull out reports, dashboards, all those sorts of things. Um, and yours truly can kind of do stuff like that now. So I've been setting up some interviews, which have been tough given the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Um, I did oh, yeah. get let go, albeit uh, I made myself an easy target with my previous employer, you know, because I was, yeah, we'll just say it. I don't think they really yeah. were being fruitful when they recruited me uh, for the you know the year I worked there, and um, so I think I made an easy first one to be gone, if you will. So you know maybe that's on me. Uh, so I am waiting now, going through the interviews and and just kind of you know hoping everybody opens up. I was real close to one, and then they enacted a hiring freeze as the coronavirus things got worse. I thought I was going to skate by and just barely escape uh, the worst of it, you know, but. Still out there. Got another one tomorrow. Uh, second one with the company, you know, as we discussed. But uh, I didn't think I was going to mm-hmm. get a second interview with this one. So who knows? Who knows, right? 
Um, and then go. other than that, I kind Positive of enjoy, if there was a way, Tom, I could stay quarantined forever, I might. Uh, we live out here on the ranch, as we've discussed, and I've got a whole bunch done, man. A whole bunch. We've been growing some food, building some farm, you know, like growing gardening stuff and uh, fences. And uh, we had a, a rabid raccoon in our back fence. Did I tell you that? No. Built a fence. And then the very next day, as the fence is complete, my son comes in and he's like, there's a, like a live animal like sleeping in in the garden. And I was like, what? And I go over there and it looks like a cat is curled up. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And I say something and a raccoon looks back and I was like, we we better back up. right? Like, this, is, this is a wild raccoon. And um, so I'm like, how the fuck did it get in here? Right? Like I, I just built this fence the other day. Like how the fuck did this thing get in here? And I start Googling and apparently raccoons can climb. But it turns out this one ended up getting distemper, which is a thing. Because normally those things do not want to be around humans and this thing would not go away. I was throwing stuff at it, reaching out with a stick, trying to poke it, uh, and it would just kind of mosey around. Wow. We hosed at it with a, you know what I mean? <laughs> Sprayed it with a hose, and it would just kind of move over a little bit and, and set to the side. So I called the uh, county, and they were like, oh, yeah, that one's sick. We'll come get it. And they came out of the cage and got it. So weird, huh? Just right up next to my house. That just is very weird. I know I do live out in the middle of nowhere, but, like, it was just interesting, right? We're trying to get this thing to go away, trying to let it live, you know? But apparently it was sick, they were saying, so... I said they if they're if they don't immediately run away from you and hide, they're they're not well. So No, that's Yeah. But other than that, well, man, let's, you know, let's we've change just been, the, uh, you know, yeah. living the life and, and watching wrestling, getting ready for the reopening of the Spanish announce table. Yeah. Yeah, and let's talk about another big um development since our last regular episode, and, and that is all elite wrestling. Uh to take you back to when we used to do a weekly show, uh, one of the last things that you can remember us talking about was our anticipation of AEW and AEW on TNT with their show called Dynamite. Now, you know, during uh, the good times and now the quarantine times, uh, they've been putting on a show Wednesday nights going up head to head against NXT, who since the last time we talked to you went to the USA Network. Mm-hmm. Um, general thoughts about since we haven't talked about it since um of the wednesday night war what what do you do you think it's bringing out the best in both shows uh is it making you channel flip what is your thoughts not of you know ron smackdown let's take those things aside for right now but just of the wednesday night wrestling consumption how how do you uh ingest what's going on Well, i think they are head and shoulders the best programs of the four that you mentioned right Yes, I agree. Uh, yep, 100% agree. A hundredfold. And I think there's a glaring uh, thing you can point to with the other two that are probably the problem. Um, but I love the Wednesday Night Wars, albeit I've got to be honest with you. When I, even though I'm here and I'm quarantined and I've got extra free time, I have been, as I mentioned, you know, keeping myself busy. And I more often than not make sure I finish AEW than NXT. So I I don't know if I'm alone in that and that's giving them a nod or if I've just NXT has been around longer and I've got a little bit of a recency bias. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think AEW has found a way to be different, not just for the sake of being different. They are honestly, truly different because of the artistry involved. They are allowing the individual mm-hmm. artists to, to perform as they see fit within, you know, I'm sure there's guidelines, right? And there's there's paths and things that, that, that they've mapped out. But it shows. They are having 
so much fun doing what they do, and it makes it so enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I, I, I like you, I'm currently for those with the enhanced radios, uh, podcast, uh, I'm wearing an orange Cassidy hat. And then at my wedding, I actually had the orange Cassidy foam mm-hmm. finger that you could take photos with. Uh, so I'm 100% in on AEW. Uh, I think the, the reason, and I love NXT as well. Um, during the quarantine though, I've gone, uh, I would say I was 60, 40 when, you know, live crowds were, uh, allowed to to watch both shows i was 60 40 aew now i'm like 80 20 aew and the reason why is so much of the live crowd made nxt awesome right so it was the fun chance it was the 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 interactions the the big pops i mean nxt puts on a, a very good show but the crowd of like man i wish i was in the crowd watching this instead of at home watching this uh, made NXT special. And again, they're still putting on way better shows than SmackDown and Raw, in my opinion. But with AEW, there is a little bit of a recency bias because it is new. But I think what also plays into their hand that allows me as a new viewer of their program uh, a little bit more excitement is they haven't... Uh, they haven't created a pattern, right? So like there's a WWE pattern, oh, right, right? It's like, yeah. oh, so now the baby face comes here or it's this baby face needs that 50-50 win. In AEW, they haven't created that yet. So I don't know, right? Perfect example is two weeks ago, you had the rematch of Cody versus Darby Allen. Now, if that's in WWE, you kind of go like, well, Cody's the the one that we're going to get behind. So it's easy. Cody win. And now Cody did win in AEW, but you didn't know, right? You didn't know if like, well, Darby Allen pulls up, you know, pulls the upset and, and you know, go, goes and advances in the TNT tournament. Uh, so well, like they, I have just no legit idea who's going to win this uh, TV tournament. Like it could be Cody. It could be Lance Archer. And I could justify why they would go either way. And we don't have a historical pattern to judge by exactly and so that yeah and so that makes it more interesting and then to your point i think that creative freedom that everyone gets makes someone all of them so unique and i would like to expand on so one of our yeah it's it's i've got yeah yeah because what i was going to say is you know our biggest beef with wwe is there's no difference between Dolph ziggler miz and um you know all of those like cocky heel uh wwe wrestlers right like jericho back when he was in uh wwe it was like there's no difference between jericho seth rollins dolph ziggler miz it's all just a heel who thinks they're better than you blah you go to aew i can distinctly tell you a Britt baker between an orange cassidy between a darby allen between a kip sabian like those are all different people and that's why i like watching it uh, a unique thing before i dive into the real thing i want to talk about is their use of not jobbers but the people that you do know are probably going to lose the match are guys that are just you know guys and gals that are indie folks that they're giving some exposure to right they're hyping them up telling you a lot about these folks while they're wrestling and it's not a fake you know what i mean like wwe will let these guys come in for a hot dog and a handshake as an extra give them a fake name a la you know james l El- you know well ellsworth got to use his own name i guess but 
Um, right, but I know. But you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I know what and, you're and, and then they're gone the next day, and we I couldn't even tell you who the last two were, right? But they seem to be going a different mm-hmm. route where – which I think is great, right? Give a bunch of these guys, and if one of them starts to gain a little steam, well, then, hell, you might have another guy to bring in, right? But the mm-hmm. main thing that sticks out to me with AEW is kind of what where I mentioned that they're allowing the artists a lot more freedom. And the reason that works is the scripted versus real thing here. We are watching what is supposed to be, if you're not in on the, you know what I mean, the game, a real event. Right. It's a live Mm -hmm. professional fighting show going on here. It should have a real Mm -hmm. feel to it like it was happening live and real. WWE cannot do that because they have scripted every single word, breath, pause, look. If you've seen some of these scripts that leak, leak, they talk about look to the left and shit. Come on. You cannot. You cannot make it that real with a live – open camera like that the reason movies can do that is because of the cuts the edits the music that right like you've got to mm-hmm. allow the improv they don't allow the improv anymore and it's i think it's killing them i, I think that's why aw sticks out i agree yeah i mean take for example uh the ad lib from chris jericho during these quarantine uh um shows when he was on commentary and now we have pineapple pete mm-hmm. Just because he was wearing a pineapple shirt, the bubbly Chris Jericho on a all of it on a whim just says pineapple Pete, and now we have pineapple Pete versus Chris Jericho next week on well, Dynamite, and, and that's awesome a to me. Flim flam video being produced by the WWE, like it, it just doesn't work. Like they don't have their finger on the pulse of what's cool with young kids anymore. I don't know a shit about TikTok, but if I was like, hey, I'm running a TV program and I want like an authentic use of something TikTok fans would get. I'd find a young kid to fucking hook me up. You know what I mean? Like WWE seems to miss all that. They just seem to fucking, it flies over their head. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And it makes me feel young. Like, it, uh, you know, in with what is cool right now. Perfect example of that is, uh, you, you mentioned the flim flam, uh, that Manitoba melee. Yeah. I thought, kid you not. And this is showing my age, but I thought that was an original idea oh, yeah. from the inner circle. So I was like, I was like, M, you got to see this stuff. They had Lou Ferrigno. They had uh, Fluffy. They yeah. had all the wrestlers in there. And I was like, they called it a Manitoba Melee. And so I, I looked it up and I was like, oh, son of a bitch. Other people are doing this? I didn't even know. Like, that's how in tune I feel AEW is. So credit to them on that. But with all that being said, let's get into a little bit of AE Dynamite, AEW Dynamite. Uh, what did you think of last, last night's episode? Uh, I loved it. I, I, there wasn't much that I would say made me look away or challenge too much through my phone, right? Um, mm-hmm. Outside of normal, right? We've we've been so accustomed to doing two or three things at once. But yeah, um, I agree. Even the Super Bowl, you're on your phone, and that was our hometown, Kansas City yeah, Chiefs. You know what I'm right. saying? So yeah. Um, I I just I I really like. I have said. When we first started AW, was I, I kept saying, I was like, yeah, it's neat, the spectacle they're putting on, but I would like some storylines. And they are sprinkling those in more now. like, And they're not beating you over the head with it either in a lot of them. If I can – I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm explaining that well enough, right? They've kind of mm-hmm. felt like they've organically – grown on. I really like the use of Brandy Rhodes uh, in her promo. Um, that might have been mm-hmm. one of the things that stuck out to me the most. Like, 
she's been a little off and weird trying different things in AEW, but I think, boy, she really, you know, hit a homer with what she did here. If she can kind of take that authority figure and also married to the golden boy, like my shit don't stink. You better recognize who the fuck you're dealing with. I am the Beyonce of this place, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like mm-hmm. I'm a star and I'm married to a star and I fucking run shit and I got money. Like I can fucking have you disappeared. You know what I mean? Like that would be good for her. I don't think at all. I don't think there was anything I would give less than a plus to if, if I even found anything that low. Yeah. I thought the episode last night was definitely one of their better ones since quarantine. Um, uh, to your point about Brandy Rhodes too. Yeah. She did try some, a little bit of that weirdness with awesome Kong, but to their credit, they didn't do some weird blow off where, uh, all of a sudden someone resurrected Brandy Rhodes and now she's back to what she is. She essentially just said, Hey, this faction isn't where I want to take my career. So we're just going to end that, you know, to the wrestlers that were in my faction, they will, you know, uh, do great things on their own, but I'm going to be refocused on being in the nightmare family. So that was both like, being candid and honest to the audience, but then also keeping a good story where it's just not like, Hey, we said cut. Like it was a character saying I'm refocusing on something else. So I thought it was great. Um, what, what you're talking about though, with the storylines, uh, I know we're going to be talking about dynamite here, but I did want to talk about how even their AEW dark, they use these subtle, you know, subplots and put the subplots to breathe on AEW dark. Case in point, the main event of Dark was Kip Sabian versus Colt Cabana, which happened because on a quarantine show, Kip Sabian was like, don't look at my girl. Colt Cabana smacks him in the face. They've got beef. Well, you don't need to take up dynamite time to do that. You have another show called Dark. So you put that in the main event. There's a story that's being told that makes me want to watch. And it lets, lets the show breathe and have some uh, structure to that as well. So, yeah. To your point of the storytelling, it's it's getting better week by week. Uh, my favorite thing, and I think we'll get to it, but uh, let's we'll start at the beginning of the show. But I'll quickly say this. But my favorite thing was the street fight, mm-hmm. the street fight. And I'll share a little bit more as we get uh, into the show. But the street fight was a plus, especially with the circumstances of this quarantine and social distancing and not too many people in one space, all of that. I thought it was amazing, but let's kick off the show. It started with Cody, not Cody Rhodes, Cody taking on the bad boy, Joey Janela. What do you think about this? Well, he has to be Cody, right? He can't be Cody Rhodes, even though. Well, no, he has the trademark. No, now he he does have the trademark. His his legal team did. uh, Well, so at the time, that's why. But he's not going by it. Right, because he couldn't. So he did. Right. But now he's saying, but now he's saying he doesn't want to. Yes. And I remember an interview. I think it was, God, I can't remember whose podcast that was, but he just mentioned that he was like, I, I, he goes, I, I understand who my father is. And that of course is very meaningful to me. Nobody knows that more than me. Right. Like he's like, but I do, he was like, I, I do get somewhat tired of people, you know, doing the comparison. He's like, because that is not what I want to mm-hmm. forge this through. Right. So I think he's doing that as a conscious decision right. of, it shouldn't – he doesn't want it to ring to the layman who never knows anything about him to go like, oh, Rhodes. Oh, that's Rhodes' kid, right? Like I, I think he wants to catch those people by himself, if that makes sense. Um, Definitely. And I, I like this match? match. Joey Janela, I loved how JR and Shivani hyped him up. 
Um, and, and that's another thing that's missing too. These commentary teams. I, when we didn't have Jim Ross during some of this, I thought, yeah, fine. You guys should get rid of Jim Ross. But Jim Ross being back, I was like, ah, when he's not being too gimmicky, isn't terrible either. Right? Like, I mean, that it just is him naturally to be a bit gimmicky because he is that Oklahoma good old boy. Um, but it's not cartoonish like it was back in the day, right? Oh, yeah. No. No, it's not. It, it uh, fits. I, I love s- him and Shivani this week, man. They they were great. See, okay, let's get into the commentary. That's a good starting point for, for this discussion. Uh, I – so – I'm going to be completely honest with you. I missed Jericho on commentary. Jericho's now, again, fun. I love the Very street fun, fight. Yes. But but what I think AEW needs and what I like, and maybe this is a personal bias. Maybe this is where I'm skewed towards. But Excalibur, Jim Ross, and Tony Schiavone are all great at what they do, but they're the all of them are the same role. Oh, they're yeah. all the lead the the lead analyst, right? So when it was Shivani and Jericho, Shivani could tell you, you know, that was a drop down toll hold. Uh, you know, this wrestler has won his last three matches in a row, all that stuff. And then Jericho can be like, this guy, I don't like Orange Cassidy as a manager. No one should be doing that. He doesn't, you know, he can't even lace up the boots of Bobby Heenan or whatever he was saying, right? And so it's that contrast of like, okay, I'm getting information. I understand who these people are, but I also need to heal here from the heel side, right? Like that is a dastardly move and man, you know, that's really bad and all that kind of stuff. I don't need three lead analysts. And I feel like Excalibur, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone are all doing the same thing and they all do it well, but I need one of them to change. Whether that's Excalibur to say like, Hey, I think the inner circle actually makes a lot of sense. Or Jim Ross goes, you know, these young kids need to slow down. Back in my day, a Lance Archer would whip all their asses, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I think Shivani Jericho has been the best commentary team they've had forever, but uh, that's just because Jericho is. And I think I said this to you offline. Um, he's moved into top five status for me at this point. Everything the guy does, he finds a way to stay hip, cool. He's serviceable in the ring still at his advanced age for wrestlers. Uh, if you let him go and do exactly this in WWE, he would be on top there. And it's been decades yeah. and decades and decades now. Nobody else mm-hmm. could be Jericho in Jericho setting on the commentary booth because he's just that goddamn iconic at this point. But, yes, they could get a snarky, you know, shit-talking person in there to kind of do some of that same thing. But it it's still got to be organic. You've got to be a naturally funny person who gets the business and knows all these people and knows what buttons to push and knows what the – Jericho's always had his oh, finger yeah. on the pulse of the fans watching around the world, you know, like those kind of mm-hmm. things. Um, but I think Shivani is the one that sticks out to me most. I'd forgotten about Shivani, and I know he was doing some MLW, but like, God damn, he's still good. And he's such a likable guy when you hear him. Yeah, and I really like his role when he does the uh, at the top of the entrance interviews, you know, with back when they had audiences and it was him and Pac or him and Britt Baker, uh, him and best friends. Um, uh, I I like him in that role. He took the money back from Spears, right? He like put some money in his his lapel and then took it back. Yeah, and then he took it back. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, as we kind of took a detour there to talk about the commentary team, uh, 
the the yeah. match though I thought was really good. Um, that backwards DDT off the top rope. I don't know what the hell that move is called, but it was awesome. And let's talk about one other detail, uh, real quick since we haven't covered it since this is our return and the reopen of Spanish announce table. Uh, how awesome is it that the little detail of putting four or five baby faces on one side and three or four heels on the other side to just give some type of noise when a big move happens or Cody needs yes. to fire up and you get a little clap. This like has that been the most amazing part of it. This is why they get the edge over been NXT awesome. and the WWE is because of there's still a crowd and the crowd is yeah. also allowed to improv. Like you hear MJF being hilarious all the time out there. Oh, yeah. It's great. Britt Baker. Yeah. Britt Baker hit Cody a couple of weeks ago with her shoe. Like, yeah, you don't get that anywhere else. And so, it, yeah, they're all doing great. I, I showed you the, the tweet offline last night of uh, Sean Spears doing a uh, an Instagram video of the Matt Hardy jumping off the ladder through Sammy Guevara. Like, yeah, it's they, they're they are using social distancing to a T when you need to have something in the crowd, because obviously they're not shoulder to shoulder because they can't be. But you get enough play off the crowd air quotes and the wrestlers in the ring. I thought it was awesome. Uh, so, yeah, Cody picked up the win. Uh, we'll see where Joey Janela goes. I would like to see Joey Janela get a little bit more bad boy because Frankly speaking, I know of Joey Janela from the independent scene, but I don't know what the bad boy is. Well, he's yet, not a right? bad like, boy. I know that he like, did. He's a, a he's a loudmouth. You know what I mean? Like, kind of. You ever you ever have a friend who was that? Right? Like, he'd pull up in his car, but it was an old car. But he still found a way to like. He's like, oh, I souped it up, but he attached some fucking neon lights and got some. Oh yeah, used but that's rims. what I'm saying. I need to. You know what I mean? Like, he's that yeah, yeah. guy, right? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I need a little bit more of. Maybe show me a vignette of a, you know, 92 Tracer or whatever it is that he's Z, driving. But he's got neon yeah. lights and new rims, right? <laughs> but that's it. It's still got yeah. rust on it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I need I need to see a little bit more of this bad boy because you keep telling me it. And, you know, to his credit, that hardcore match they had a few months ago with John Moxley kind of exposed like this guy's fucking crazy. Right. But I need a little bit more Joey Janela in my life. I think he's an MVP for their mid card. And I just want to see him a little bit more. Now, I understand why I hadn't because of the quarantine and the stay at home. And he wasn't there for the round of tapings. But going forward, I need to see a little bit more craziness. Him and Darby Allen rubbing shoulders wouldn't upset me. You know, maybe a feud, maybe a faction, something like that. Uh, but yeah, Joey Janela is a plus in my book right now. And Cody, uh, you know, I think all around as a far, as far as a main event talent across all brands, Raw, SmackDown, uh, NXT and AEW, he's my guy right now. Yeah. He he makes me feel like it's a big time match when he gets in there, or he can be a little bit comedic when he has to be. Obviously, he did commentary on AEW Dark, so he can do that as well. He's hitting home runs now, for me right now. But what was next? Well, after but that? if I can touch on Cody before we move into that, Cody yeah. definitely has found a way to make himself the utility player of of the most top regard. Like you're saying, like he can be an exec of the company. He can go on and be, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed, gold boy looks for the TV shows, right? The mainstream media attention. Mm -hmm. um, 
He mm-hmm. can wrestle anybody. We've seen him wrestle the nobodies to the top guys and still makes it feel mm-hmm. like a great match. He just carries himself in this unbelievable regard, even different than his father, I think, right? Like, if, if that sounds weird, like, he has found a way to become larger than life himself. It's very interesting watching his growth since he left. Like, I knew when he first came on NXT, I was like, oh, that's Rotson. I was like, man, this guy seems like he's got something, right? Like, something's there. Mm-hmm. But, man, he's taken not rock-level you know, jumps, but goddamn, I don't know who else below that, right? Of like just going from a like, oh, look at that guy to a, this is the biggest fucking star in the industry. <laughs> yeah. The, the only other person I could compare his rise and transformation to is Drew McIntyre, where Drew McIntyre went from air guitar in 3MB to now, well, I'm not fucking with that guy. And he's the heavyweight right. champ. Cody Rhodes went from stardust, let's have some fun with the Ascension, to this confident swagger, nice suits, uh, just aura about him where he can start off the show and you're like, well, I got to see what happens here. Or he can close out the show and be like, well, this is going to be a great main event. So, yeah, yeah, I think he's awesome. Well, they did remind us that they have a women's division and the uh, Native Beast, which is that a new thing that they're calling her? Has that always been what they called her? Nyla Rose, uh, back with the women's title? Yeah, that's her name. Mm-hmm. That's always been her. Yeah. Know. Yeah. That's always been her. Gimmick. Um, yeah. and she took on Kenzie page, right? Is that uh yeah. Kenzie page. Um, this is probably, like I said, if I had to give anything like a C plus, this is probably it. Although it wasn't bad. Like she gave a good promo coming out, looked intense. Um, you know, um, they well, obviously, this was just, a, this was a like- reminder that it's here. Yeah. And that's what I liked about it is because not necessarily the match, but they did such a good job of, highlighting everyone in the women's division before this match with that highlight package. And then you got the exclamation point of, Oh yeah, but it's this bad bitch who runs shit and she's power bombing the girl and like mean mugging Britt Baker in the crowd. Like it was a good, like, Oh yeah, I forgot about this person and that person in the, in the highlight package. And then the match came, you're like, Oh, so now I get why she's the champ. So I thought it was, if you're going to do a squash match, the the vignette before it i thought was a perfect pairing so yeah like you said was it great as a standalone match Eh, i'm not gonna watch it again but with the vignette and that i thought it was a good segment all right then we got aw world champ john moxley taking on frankie kazarian and this is a good match and kazarian is another guy who quietly has become one of those like i won't even say better than dolph ziggler types where like Guy's been around a long time, still looks like he's a young dude, right? Could, if he went to some other organization, might be the highlight of their thing, you know? Like, it's just one of those where you're like, he's almost a Billy Gunn, if you will, right? Like, where you're like, that Mm -hmm. guy's a millionaire, why is he not on the fucking poster? And you're like, oh, okay, because he's not the most charismatic guy, but all right, you know what I mean? But he's good, he can stand in and go toe-to-toe with the world champ and give him a damn good match, he's entertaining, um, this was all good for me too. Again, able to highlight, uh, Moxley and then roll us into what happens there. But what'd you think of this? Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought a lot of things they did really well with this because you want to have your world champion on your marquee show, right? But with the quarantine, you didn't really have a storyline. So it was hard to put him on the show for no reason. So I thought it was good that one, it was a non-title match. So if Kazarian did win, now we could start a feud, right? That believability could have happened if you wanted to start a new story with John Moxley Two, I thought 
hey, if you're going to put John Moxley in a match, why not put him with one half of the first ever tag team champs in Kazarian? Three, like you said, Kazarian and John Moxley, if we're you know shooting here, can always put on a decent match. And so with all of those elements combined, I thought it was a really good segment. And I thought it was a really good segment that led into after the match because John Moxley gets the win. The Dark Order comes out, but the Dark Order had beef with SCU. So SCU comes out. The Minions take out uh, SCU while Brody Lee focuses in on the world champ. So, I mean, if you want at uh, the, the pay-per-view on the 23rd, you could have, you know, seven nine, 10 take on SCU in a six man tag, right? Like, cause you already have that. Cause there was the dark order beating up SCU. And now we obviously have a world championship match with Brody Lee versus John Moxley. So again, another solid segment that coherently made sense. It wasn't a home run as far as like must see TV, but I wanted to see John Moxley. So check got that. And I wanted it to make sense. And to me it did. Yeah. Uh, it, it made a lot of sense to me. Uh, I I like Moxley. I'm a little worried that I like Moxley. I think he's got a charisma, and I think people get behind him, but I just worry that he's the type that isn't the one that's going to carry it for years and years and years, right? I don't know that he's ever that guy. I don't know that he's the Cena. He's the, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. That guy, he's always, yeah. he might be somebody, like numerous dudes' favorites, or your, you know what I mean? Like your your grin. I love this dude, but I don't think he's ever the the top. But now, not everybody who holds that title is, of course not, right? So I think he does a yeah, great job for what he's at. Um, very entertaining. I like how they're going with this exalted one, albeit again, uh, when you pull that trigger with Brody Lee, now you've got to pull it, right? So he's got to come away with this title if he's picking on Moxley now, or else you stall this out, right? Yeah, so there there again goes with the intrigue, right? If this is a WWE story, we kind of know where it's going to go, right? Moxley prevails, the Dark Order goes back to the mid-card. But in AEW, we don't know, right? Does John Moxley play the, I'm the toughest bastard here, not even the Dark Order can take me out? Or is it the Dark Order now, like w- w- what we used to want with Bray Wyatt in the Wyatt family? Is there a this ominous dark figure a la, you know, the ministry back in the day that takes over the company. And now where does everyone go? So again, I'm intrigued because I don't know what's going to happen, but like you said, yeah, I think you have to pull the trigger because then dark order just goes back to beating up. I don't know, Jurassic express, like where do the, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's a tough spot for him to already be in, but the story made sense. It was pretty simple too, right? Brody Lee says, I want that. And John Moxley, after getting his ass kicked, I like that little touch where he's just like, you just had to ask. And then he just takes a boot to the face. Like, there you go. That's all you need sometimes. It's just a simple story. Now, I don't want that to be the story of John Moxley where you just had to ask. But for this, I liked it. I liked it too. All right. Um, <clears throat> let's see then. Of course, you know, the uh, Dark Order. Wait, wait, all right. Let's cover the Dark Order. What are you thinking? Brody Lee. I uh, I think that number 10 guy is a fucking yeah, beast. What is, who is He's that? He's the only one that – I don't know. I think he was that football player that joined a few weeks back in the he vignette. He is, but is he somebody uh, that we know and are forgetting that got released from 
NXT or something or not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Not that I'm aware of, but yeah, he's a fucking motherfucker. When I look at him, I'm like, Jesus, uh, I like Brody Lee Him and warload. I, what do you think of Brody Lee? What do you think of him being the leader of it? I want, so I like it, but if you're the dark order, I want a little bit more scary, sinister. If you're going to wear a suit or I want more smoke and mirrors, if you're going to be the dark order, right? So I, it's kind of a in between right now. And I don't know where they're going to go. Cause if you're going to go the devil in a nice suit, well, I need him to be playing people backstage or playing people to fight each other while he watches, you know, a W burn or, I need a little Undertaker, Kane kind of thing where it's smoke and mirror and fire and this and that and boom, 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 boom. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know where they're going and it's, it's okay right now. I, I, you know, to steal an old phrase from a great podcast, I'm positive and patient. Uh, so we'll see. That's where I'm at with Brody Lee. All right. QT Marshall, Lance Archer. Well, we knew how this was going to go, right? I mean, uh, albeit QT Marshall got in. A lot uh, of offense. I I am surprised beyond belief. If the biggest surprise of AEW is anything for me, it's Lance Archer uh, that I'm into it, right? <laughs> I think I remember telling you, I was like, hey, AEW is doing something right if they got me to give a shit about Lance fucking Hoyt, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Jake Roberts is great. Yeah. The way they're booking this is great. I mean, he looks like he is going to kill every person he comes in contact with. Yeah, and like I said, again, one of the things that I need in a wrestling show or any type of show, right, any drama, comedy, whatever it is, is just for it to make sense. And where I liked that this story went was in a logical direction. And what I mean by that is last week, Lance Hoyt beat Dustin Rhodes to advance in the tournament. Well, Dustin Rhodes is in the Nightmare Family so now Lance Hoyt is, or Lance Archer is wanting to beat the shit out of more people, but his focus is the nightmare family. So if they would have done like what WWE does sometime, Lance Archer versus person B, well, who cares? But now he is on a war path of destruction of the nightmare family. Dustin Rhodes, you're gone. QT Marshall, you're gone. Jake Roberts puts a fucking snake on Brandy Rhodes, who's unconscious because of Britt Baker. She's gone. And now you've got one person left. You got the match on the pay-per-view. It's Lance Archer and Cody. That makes sense. And is it, you know, something to write in the history books of storytelling for pro wrestling? No, but it made sense. And that, I guess my expectations have been so low for so long that I'm just happy that it makes sense. And that's my favorite part so far of the story. Yeah. Um, Jake Roberts, that guy, and he didn't even speak this time, but he's still just, he's so good. That was such a good pairing. And I guess I, you know what I mean? I wouldn't have thought of it because I just yeah. didn't know, you know, but I, I still, and this is just me kind of being an asshole as I've always been, you know, his hair's kind of thinning. Mm. He's not in great that shape. That kind of adds he to it, right? Around. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I would like to see more Jake Roberts sitting in a chair, you know, smoking a cigar, laughing as Lance Archer, you know, puts three guys through a table or something like that. Um, but 
Yeah, this Jake the Snake. I mean, he put a snake on Brandy Rhodes. That's perfect. But uh, let's not keep going with Jake the Snake walks into the ring is what I'm saying. I love Jake the Snake. His promos are scary as shit. But I want more um, allure, more intrigue, more mystique around Jake Roberts than just getting in a ring. You know, like he he, no, he doesn't need to do that anymore. So I want him to go that direction. Uh, but what he did this week was really cool, especially because that's creepy as shit. And Brandy Rhodes, to her credit, breaking kayfabe here, held it together. Remember when Dean Ambrose got the snake on yeah. him? And he broke character on a Monday Night Raw, that uh, yeah, Raw retro or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, credits of Brandy Rhodes for staying in character. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was really good, and it sets up that match even better. So we'll see what happens next week. All right, so the street fight. Why don't you take it from here? Because you, I mean, I know you thought very highly of this thing. I loved it too, I but why don't you start off? loved it. I loved it on so many different levels. First off, let's just get into Matt Hardy and how fucking dumb and stupid and awesome he is, right? He is so fucking great. Yeah. It's so stupid because there's so many people that you just know that are like that, right? Where they're like, I'm a superhero. Yeah. That's what this fucking guy thinks he is. And so he comes out as broken Matt Hardy, right? And then he uh, wrestles and he does like that, uh, like razor's edge power bomb to Sammy. Uh, and then after that, it goes right into like uh, team extreme Matt Hardy with like the fluorescence because that was his heyday and he needs to, you know, tap into that to get through this part of the match and does that. And then he gets fucking put in an ice box. Mm-hmm. And then comes out as Damascus yeah. and says, I need you to document this. <laughs> like, yeah, of course yeah. that fucking idiot. By the way, he's like, that's that. what we're doing, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, that part is hilarious and awesome and fun. But where AEW, like I said, I think is just hitting home runs is it's contra- it's contrasted with Kenny Omega, who's just in a t-shirt and jeans and really fucking fighting some guys, right? So like Jake Hager's jumping him from behind and he's punching him and kicking him and doing back dives off of a forklift. Like the contrast of like, okay, we're not all stupid, silly things. It's not the, you know, 24 seven championship where we're all just chasing one guy kind of thing. Like the, the contrast of serious, real, you know, fighting from Kenny Omega and, his fucking dumb friend over there, you know, changing into six personalities, I thought was great. And then on top of that, you flip it to the heel side and you have Chris Jericho with his just arrogance and bravado. And, you know, he's having Sammy sing his song. Uh, then he does the, he, he gets the orange cone and acts like a wicked witch for a second because fucking why not? Uh, and then Sammy, who's just bumping for everyone, right? He takes that bump off the golf course or the, the, um, the, the golf cart, like a champ. He's taking the, you know, uh, ladder spot through a table and then he's getting his own stuff in. And then it all made sense at the very end because numbers play into it. Here comes Jake Hager. Here comes, uh, Ortiz. Here comes the rest of the inner circle and they win. And that makes sense because, the inner circle, you know, uh, Hangman Page is at home for the quarantine. The Young Bucks, which, hey, they weren't on this week, so that made me happy. The Young Bucks weren't there, so 
you know, trust me, I love AEW, but I'm still, my hate for the Young Bucks is through and through. Don't think that that's even went down a little bit. Um, although I did watch a Be in the Elite for the first time and I didn't hate it. Anyhow, breaking character. Um, yeah, the, the numbers won and that makes sense when you have a street fight. And so I thought it was perfect. I thought everything, the spots were great. Uh, like I said, Matt Hardy cracked me up, but Kenny Omega kept me into like, this is a serious street fight. And then Jake Hager jumping in and all of that thought it was perfect. I thought it was a, an A plus for a street fight during a course. It was great. And then the end with the backdrop of the, you know, the scoreboard and the, yeah, the inner circle. Yeah. And then they're all the middle fingers. Cause apparently that's their new thing yeah. now. They've been doing it for a while. Yeah. I thought it was great. It was so, it was so appropriate to have everyone, you know, quote unquote, get their shit in, and it all made well, sense. And again, if we go back to the why the AEW gets the cool nod right now, you're not going to have any team called the Sex Gods on WWE programming, <laughs> right? Like it's just like yeah. it's just allowed to have more fun. Yeah, because they're the inner circle, sure. right? Like the the faction is the inner circle. But this iteration of the inner circle is the sex gods <laughs> because it's Chris Jericho who just thinks he's sexy. And then the young, good looking guy who's a Spanish god. So like, yeah, it's just that makes perfect sense as yeah. well. Right. Like, of course, they would be called the sex gods. <laughs> it's so great. It is so great. It's so fun. Um, I loved it. I, I love the ending uh, where they're going. I mean, and this is great use of you know biding time of jericho leading a faction where he just loses a world title without having it to now be about the world title you give him a big name like this you know what i mean you let him fight over that because his ego's bruised it, it's just it all fits really well they are so fun you you smile almost this whole show uh yeah the only thing that was missing for me and it, and it was no one's fault but i one of my you know, rising stars in AEW from a guy who I only knew of and didn't really care of care about to now I want to see him each and every week is hangman page. And I need some hangman page in my life. I need to see a vignette or some, tell me what you're doing. Hangman page. Are you taking shots just for fun? Are you, you know, riding horses to keep in shape? Like I need to see some hangman page. He he's someone I'm missing right now. Uh, one thing that we did miss that I wanted to touch on though is that MJF promo oh, yeah, so where he good. talked about how the kid oh. is now the man thought it was great. And another really cool detail that maybe I'm reading too much into is, you know, he plays into this, uh, I'm the, um, you know, richest, best looking, all that stuff. But he was in front of a, a green screen, which makes you think like, it's all smoke and mirrors, right? Like he keeps on telling you that he's the fucking man, but he's doing this in front of a green screen. I'm thinking maybe that plays into it, or maybe I'm just wanting that to play into it. But the promo itself was really, really yeah, good. So and good. so was Sean Spears. Yes. Sean Spears right after that. Mm -hmm. And I like it because another cool thing, and you know, I have a lot to say about AEW because we've been gone for a while. But the other cool thing that I like that AEW does that WWE just hasn't forever is you know, Cody, let's be honest, is the main guy. I know he's not champ and it's John Moxley, but Cody is the main guy in AEW, right? When you say AEW, you say Cody, right? 
And it's cool that if, you know, you're saying he's a superhero, like a superhero has a lot of villains, right? Batman had Joker and Penguin and, uh, you know, uh, Poison Ivy and all these people. And so in AEW, Cody has a lot of enemies, right? So it's Sean Spears, it's MJF, it's Lance Archer. Like it, that would make sense that when you see Sean Spears, he's not just calling some random guy out for no reason. He's poking fun or trying to stir some shit between Cody and Dustin because he doesn't fucking like Cody. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense why you would say that. Well, I even love uh, MJF uh, even making fun of uh, Spears. Like he didn't even give him a reprieve, right? He was like, not you. You're doing fine. And then just looks at the camera like, (laughs) yeah, and then he's like, yeah, sure. Sure, pal. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. It's so fun. Uh, Yeah. There's not a lot that AEW does that doesn't make sense. And that, again, maybe my expectations were so low that I'm just being happy with crumbs, but that just makes me happy. And I think that's why I'm so happy to watch Dynamite each week. I mean, if it it sounds like we're shitting on a WWE, I mean, we're not alone. I just heard on the radio that Raw had the lowest ratings of the program in history. I mean, it's not just – I mean – this is when you're one of the few live events happening regularly. They are lost. They have gone so far some way that I don't know that they are able to see the errors of their ways at the moment. Like, I feel like something big has to happen over there. Like, either McMahon is told to go home and retire or, you know what I mean? Like, he finally just does. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it always just seems... uh Hey, we played that one song. Everyone loved that one song. Let's play that one again. It's like we've heard it yeah. already. Now, play a different song. If, if yeah, we can like, give them some credit, they have tried things. They are, you know, they tried these um, uh, these special matches, right? We got the Firefly Funhouse match. We got the Boneyard match. I mean, they're giving it a shot, and they are going to do something unique with the money in the bank, So, uh, uh, which we can get into unless you had some closing uh, arguments, if you will, for AEW. No. No, yeah, let's get right into the Die Hard is Money in the Bank match this coming Sunday. Because it's fucking Die Hard. They're starting on the bottom and they end on the roof. Yeah. That's Die Hard. Uh, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, nobody on Hard is going to fall off the roof or anything. Uh, you know, everything's going to go fine. Everything is going to work out fine. Well, let's get into it. Let me pull up the WWE.com. Money in the bank. Let's look at the card. Let's break it down. You ready? We're going to give some picks. Yeah, let's do it. Everybody's used to this. There ain't a whole lot, right? So let's start at the bottom of their list here. SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Fatal four-way match. Uh, We got the New Day. We've got Miz and Morrison. We have the Forgotten Sons. And then, are they still calling themselves Lucha House Party? They are, right? Even though one of them is gone, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, You know, the Forgotten Sons, for what they are and the WWE typical fan, like, they could be a marketing dream if they weren't a personality nightmare. Um, But uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Who do you think is pulling this down? New Day is going to walk away with this outside of maybe Miz and Morrison, but I think New Day is going to keep it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that quick of a turnaround to just say, well, now they're gone as champs again. Uh, I think maybe we see, because I don't know how long his injury uh, is keeping him out. Maybe we see an appearance from Xavier Woods that helps with this match. Uh, That wouldn't shock me. Um, But yeah, I think New Day uh, picks this up, uh, picks the victory up in this. Like you said, Forgotten Sons would be cool. 
But I don't know. And again, like, I get that it seems from, you know, dirt sheet reports that the New Day doesn't want to break up. And that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. You don't always have to say, like, I'm not friends with you anymore. But, man, how many times have I seen the New Day in a tag team match? Like, if you're not going to break up, just go do different things. Put fucking Big E on Raw. It is time to do something. Either the New Day needs to change their whole shtick up somehow or turn heel again or uh or like you're saying they need to go their separate ways all out of the shield and you know what i mean kind of forge new identities but, but you but, don't have to break up yeah you don't have to break up and they can all still use the same song because they are the new day right but i want to see big e go after a singles title i want to see kofi fucking pissed that he never dude. got his rematch and go after the wwe championship just you're i don't want to see you guys the as a name team of the group is the new day they could always change it up on that basis alone that's all they need to say i guess it's a new day mm-hmm. right and then they could come out they could change every six months for fuck's sake like it is beyond stale at this point i don't know of anybody who still is like, yes, I love this pancake shtick. Like, come on. That used to be one of the things, right, that they were goofy and silly and everything they were goofy and silly about became a new thing. But now it's kind of gone into the, okay, you guys are out of bullets now, and it's still the unicorns, yeah. pancakes, owls. Like, okay, you know what I mean? Now it's just corny and dumb, right? Now you guys are just children. Yeah, it's it's autopilot to me. Yeah, All right, exactly. well, uh, one thing that I did want to mention, though, is uh, yeah, this may be the match uh, that kicks off Money uh-huh. in the Bank, but the women's and men's Money in the Bank matches will start at the same time, and I believe they will start at the start of the show, and we'll get check-ins as the event happens. Oh, so that is one shit. caveat I that I have read. Catch that. I, that's what I read. I, that's what I read. Oh, but that kind of uh, makes sense. And then at the end of the show, they'll like finish the ma- or well. Maybe, you know, one by one, you know, one of them finishes earlier than the other. Yeah. But they'll kind of right. tune into that as a match when it's nearing the end. But yeah, like. Exactly. Right. Because they're yeah. going to split up if they're going through. Right. Like they're not going to be all seven of them in the same hallway fighting and then in the same stairwell and then up the same. Like they're going to split right. up and find each other randomly around the building. Right. Like that's the way you got to go. with. Yeah, this. exactly. Yeah. This could be fun. Anyway, uh, let's move. Yeah, it's yeah, going to be. Let's get, let's, it's let's, let's be get there. SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey will beat Tamina. What say you? That's the match. Bailey and Bailey Tamina. Bailey and Tamina. SmackDown's Why? self-proclaimed role model faces one of her toughest tests to date against Tamina. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no one cares. So Bailey wins. No one. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Wait, sure, you, no one I can wins. Guarantee, I would. I, ooh, I, uh, I mean, it's, anything can happen in the WWE. But I would. Oh, I'm. I'm so close. I'm holding myself back and pulling the trigger of saying I would bet nearly anything that Tamina does not wear this title out of this show. I mean, really? No. Really? Yeah. Really? No. That's a that's a piss match if if I've ever yeah, heard one. Through, and not because it's yeah. women wrestling. It's a stupid ass. Well, it's story. Tamina. I also think Bailey has her heel turn fell flat. I didn't think any of it was good. I don't think she's done anything good from her early hugger days, if you ask me, and that match with Sasha Banks. I have not felt anything from yeah, Bailey since. 
ever. And to me, this yeah, is like yep. rarely, if, if ever. So this match is the yeah. two most boring people you, on this card in the same match. So yeah. I agree. WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins. I mean, it's this one I'm torn about because Seth Rollins gimmick is so great right now, but I just don't see them immediately taking the title off Drew. So maybe we get a schmoz and this doesn't really end, right? That's what I think, right? It's Drew McIntyre hits a Claymore kick. We're looking at a one, two, three. All of a sudden, the AOP, who we haven't seen in weeks, shows up and comes to the rescue yeah. of Seth Rollins, and it's a disqualification. Albeit, That's I what I think. I don't know that Drew holds on to this very long. I think they're going to look at the ratings. I think they're going to, you know, which wasn't necessarily his fault, but I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's yeah. much of a character to Drew. Well, he looks the part. He looks yeah. great getting off the bus. You know he, what I mean? Well, like the, that's what's working. Look like a million bucks. Yeah, yeah. He he fits the part, but it's yeah. so, so hard because Luger. there's n- yeah, but there's also there's just you know we don't really know what the crowd is reacting to because there's no fucking crowd. <laughs> like that's the yeah. other thing that kind of sucks is you know one of his things that he started doing was the one two three and then he kicked mm. the guy crowd was behind it if crowds were catching right but if crowds were catching on maybe i'm catching on but no one's there and so i'm not really there you know what i mean even though i'm watching uh so yeah i i think we're on a pause with drew mcintyre uh so it wouldn't shock me if he loses the title soon and then we get the he reclaims the belt when crowds can come back uh to raw but i don't know if they're gonna give up on him this quickly Mm mm-hmm well, another similar situation we've got going on with the other side. We got Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt in a Universal Championship match. Uh, same thing. I don't know that they would immediately take this off Braun Strowman, but I also think it could be highly damaging. Maybe not to Bray Wyatt. He did just get a big victory over John Cena and got us come up. So maybe, again, we get a Braun Strowman gets lucky to escape the Fiend here, maybe. Yeah, and I don't really know. So is he taking on Bray Wyatt or is he taking on it the Fiend? It says Bray Wyatt, Bray but I Wyatt, think we'll get, that was what happened with John Cena and the Fiend made an appearance at the end. I think the Fiend is always likely to be lurking in the woods. Um, right, but but yeah. I could see I could see Bray Wyatt beats or excuse me, I could see Braun Strowman beats Bray Wyatt. Now we're going to do a rematch. You're going to hell and you're going right, to face the yeah. fiend. I could see that. So happening. the way they write this so on their I'll, I'll website Braun is Braun Strowman will defend the universal championship against the man who purports to be his creator, Bray Wyatt. And he's wearing a sweater, collared shirt under it, but he's got the gloves. Yeah. So that's Barely, what I, like you can see a little yeah. bit of the glove hiding. Right. But yeah, I, I think Braun will win this uh, after a hard fought, you know, match. Yep. But then we'll get the, you're going to hell now, pal, and it's the Fiend. And then we might see Braun's title reign in there. All right. Women's money in the bank ladder match. Uh, the corporate ladder of success. Uh, Dana. Uh, we got Dana Brooke. Um, <laughs> uh, gosh, I forget this. See, this is how bad WWE's got. Uh, Lacey Evans. I couldn't remember her name for this, for the life of me. Um, Oscar, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Carmella. Instantly, I'm removing Dana Brooke is not winning this. Carmella's not winning it again. Um, right. so the four are left. I could I could see WWE giving this to any four of them for a myriad of reasons, right? Whatever reason they decided on. 
Which one is most likely? I don't think it's Asuka. I think they felt like they've given that a shot and it's not going to go there. I think they may also feel that with Lacey Evans. So I think, to me, it's down to Nia Jax or Shayna Baszler. And I feel like it's a WWE move to go with Nia Jax. I think she's going to win it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's she came off an injury. Now she looks strong by being the money in and the she bank. She can use and, it. Oh my god! Um, you know, well, and it's the well, it's the monster has the right. the She's money the in the bank, bank. kind of like what they yeah. did with. Well, and, but right, what I mean by and, she could use it in like she could use the help, right? She could use a gimmick. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and Shayna will be fine. You know, she can tap out chicks on yeah. the mid card mm-hmm. while Nia well, Jackson, she could lose uh, without losing well, this. Somebody could hit her with a ladder and she was nowhere around and then, you know, right. And then you could do the feud again with Becky and Shayna with Nia kind of looming in the background. And that's how so, this new wrinkle. So wait, do we get a fight so, between yeah, Shayna we'll and Dana? Shayna and Dana Shana and Dana. <laughs> Dana. So we're, Dana so we're, so we're both saying Nia. I like it. Yeah, I, I'm going to say Nia, too. All right. And then that leaves us with the Menzos. We've got King Corbin, AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio, Daniel Bryan, Alistair Black, and Otis. Oh, man, they love them some Otis right now, but I don't think he's winning this. Who do you got? I, I, I picked the first it. one. What do you think? I won Otis. I think Otis should win the fucking title, right? I think Otis or the money uh-huh. in the bank. I think Otis should be champ. I think It'll it's a great so power couple. I think it's a great power couple of Otis as Money in the Bank and Mandy Rhodes being, you know, the goddess and stuff. And you could create friction yeah. where it le- it leads to a SummerSlam match with Tucker and Otis for the Money in the Bank briefcase. Well, or and this, then Mandy Rhodes like, is the ref. He's a goofball and he's just like he wins it, but he doesn't really. It's not that he doesn't get it, but like he's just trying to have fun and she's trying to. Like they're having a good time, they're having a good relationship, but she's also trying to like, hey man, you should you, you should guide it, right? Almost try take a managerial role and be upset that he's not taking it as seriously, right? You could create dissension between them, uh, and then Tucker comes into yeah, play. Well, maybe she's you know sees he's got the drive and determination, right? You could do all sorts of shit. Yeah, well, I, yeah, that's why I want Otis to win, and Otis is the funnest thing to watch in WWE. Just now, who up. is winning? Um, <laughs> yeah, now who is actually winning? You know, I don't know. They buried AJ Styles, so yeah, it would make sense that they'd give him money, money in the bank. bank yet, right? Not that yeah. I'm aware of. So it would make sense that he would be uh, the money in the bank winner because he has to be a cocky asshole, but he needs something because they fired his friends. So he doesn't have the Bullet Club anymore, the OC anymore. So he has to have something that says like, ha check but me Corbin, out. And so that's why I, I think like it's AJ Styles. I love them some Corbin and... They would love to see him carrying this thing around, interrupting everybody's match, getting on the mic. Yeah, but he won it two he years did. ago, remember? And John yeah, Cena cost him the He did. Alistair Black is one where I, I feel like they don't – they are reluctant and rightfully so to give it to the silent face, right? Because what does he do with oh, it, yeah. right? I mean, what does he do with it? Now, he has a propensity to get dark with it and a little creepy with it, right? Some of his stuff, they've kind of alluded to some of it, so maybe. But, yeah, I – this is a tough one. I really feel like AJ Styles is the only one if it's not Otis, and I don't think it's going to be Otis just in that he's got so much going for him otherwise, and AJ Styles is kind of stalled out. I do think you're right. I think it's Styles. Yeah, and I think Daniel Bryan can take a story of anything and make it valuable, and I think they know that, so they're like, well, I'll give him something later. 
Uh, so I don't even anyway, mention Daniel Bryan, but same thing, right? Like he absolutely needs nothing. He show up without a shirt and just be like, hey, I'm yeah, I'm here. And fucking, you know, yeah. he's awesome. And this whole like shooters club yep. thing, I think they should run with that, right? Just have it be Drew Gulak, uh, Chad Gable, Daniel Bryan, uh, and then throw in, I would throw in, even though he's healed, but Cesaro and just make it the shooters, you know, and just like, we're real fucking badasses. Mm-hmm. Like, Come fuck with us. Right. Like, I think that'd be great. But anyhow, um, yeah, I, I think the two matches that start at the same time, the men's and women's corporate diehard money in the bank matches are going to be fun. Everything else is going to be filler to where, you know, we're talking about, oh, my God, did you see just what just happened? Now let's uh, take it down a notch and we're going to watch Bailey and Sasha act like pro wrestlers because that's what they do now is they cosplay and so then we're going to get back into the money in the bank matches and it'll be a fun moment and then oh hey look otis is you know not otis but like you know um whoever you said all the other fucking matches right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm I saying, do know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah i um yeah i mean i think that's where we're at money in the bank uh it'll be interesting to see how they pull these off these uh you know die hard money in the bank matches like you're saying um God, if, if they can somehow pull off Bruce Willis just walking down the hallway, that'd be so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, they could come up with something, right? They, it feels like they could find a way to do something neat. Um, oh, yeah. I would not. So what I'm expecting is, you know, they keep saying, like, I'd like to see Vince McMahon's office. And I think we're going to see someone's office. Maybe it's Stephanie McMahon's or something like that. Oh, the boogeyman's going to make an appearance. They're going to, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Gonna all kinds You're going to see. Yeah, you're going to see the million dollar man. You say like, you know, if you give me a thousand dollars, I'll show you a yeah, shortcut up the stairs, you know, things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. So, yeah, I'm excited for those matches, uh, everything else. But hey, we got a AEW dynamite. You know what I'm saying? Orange Cassidy. Best friend. Well, and now you also Darby have Allen. the Spanish announce table to warm your hearts, to keep you. We back. Keep you- busy to keep you feeling like you have friends around you again i know you've got to keep them at a six foot distance but we are right in your ear holes right where we belong all nested up in there just making ourselves at home right tom indeed (laughs) all right this was fun any parting words see you next week and that's fun to say the spanish announce table